Hello and welcome to the Into Tell podcast, episode one. My name is Tab Betts and I'm hosting this week's podcast and I'm joined by the rest of the team, including... Paul Danneke. James Parker. And Ellis Taylor. And we're coming to you from the Learning Solutions team at Into Global. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to get ready for the start of term. But first, why do we have this podcast? Um, so this is a brand new podcast um, where we're going to be discussing lots of different ideas for teaching and learning, but particularly focused on blended and online learning. Um, it's designed to be a little bit more relaxed uh, than our formal training uh, and provide opportunities for professional development that don't require looking at a screen. And because it's audio, you can get away from the computer. So feel free to listen to this on your phone when you're cooking dinner, doing the washing up, taking the dog for a walk, or even doing some exercise. So now for today's main topic, how to get ready for the start of term. So we're going to cover a few different things. Um, it's going to include icebreakers and getting to know you. Then we're going to talk a bit about setting up your course page on your VLE. And finally, we're going to talk about how to design asynchronous tasks for your learners. So let's start off with icebreakers and getting to know you. Coral, do you want to say something about that? Yeah, so um, I think one of, the, one of the really important things in those first few weeks is just to make sure that we're starting to create a bit of that online community. So letting the students get to know who you are, you also get to know them and they get to know each other as well. So one way we can do this is by using video introductions. Um, so you yourself record a very short video and keep it really simple. It's just about sort of introducing who you are, um, a little bit about your hobbies. You can record it. Um, if you're using Bongo, you could use the video assignment tool there, you could record it on a Teams meeting, um, or you could just use a video recording tool such as Loom or Screencast-O-Matic. And then ask your students to do the same. Um, Flipgrid is a really great resource for collating video content together. Um, you just give students a code, it's free, and they just go on and they can record a really short video. Um, and I think it's just about asking them to say a little bit about themselves and really keeping it simple. Yeah, and one of the things about um, doing video is that sometimes we feel a bit self-conscious. So I do think uh, a good alternative is actually getting students to maybe create a couple of slides about themselves and they could put a photo on it um, so people can still see what they look like. Then they could just create some slides and rather than recording their face talking to the camera, they could just record their screen with the slides there um, and then talking through it. So that's another way that you could do it or you could get them to um, just record an audio introduction to themselves. Because even hearing someone's voice, I think, does make it feel a lot more personal. You don't necessarily need to have the video and a lot of students feel more comfortable if they don't have to worry about how they look at the time. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really great point. I think when we're teaching online, the most important thing is to have different alternative ways of doing things because students are all coming from different places all around the world, different backgrounds, etc. And I think it's really important, as you say, that we, we offer an alternative for students who maybe aren't comfortable in those first few weeks where they're new to online learning, they're new to each other. So yeah, I think using audio is a great way um, to still sort of get that tone because it's hard to decipher tone just from text. So you can still hear their voice. Um, you could even do things like um, start a forum discussion in your VLE and ask students to post maybe two or three photographs. Um, so they could take photographs around their home um, or you could ask them to search for things online. Um, three photographs that mean something to them or that speak to their hobbies, something like that, and get them to record a short audio or add a little um, message about each of those points. So you, so you could use it in different ways, um, but it's really just about getting to know each other and 
and bringing in some sort of personal aspects to the teaching and just in those first couple of weeks. Definitely. And I, I, I really agree about the kind of um, the idea of wanting to make it flexible. I think making it flexible is a really, really important part of online learning. And it's an important part of making it inclusive. So, for example, you, you could, you know, some students might want to uh, send some photographs of things, you know, around their house or around, you know, their local area that they live in. But then you could also, um, you know, some students might not be comfortable with that. So they could also, for example, submit um, some stills from a film that they like or, you know, or it yeah, could be, yeah. you know, um, they could put a, a link to their favourite song or, or whatever it is. Um, because all of those things still get us, you know, allow us to get to know that person a bit better as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a, a really useful thing to do is just give the students a few bullet points. So really clear instruction, um, but just a, a few bullet points where you're saying introduce yourself, maybe your name and where you're staying, why you're interested in the course. And then, as you say, give them a number of options. So, you know, they, they can do they can interpret it however they like and whatever they're comfortable with. Um, and it allows them to get involved and, and sort of be introduced to the group as well. Definitely. But one thing I think is really key as well is although it's good to give flex, you know, flexibility and different options, you need to make the instructions really clear. And it's and yeah. I think one way to make instructions clear, actually, is to I find that if you make a screen recording yourself explaining what you want the students to do and maybe even showing them on your screen exactly you know, how they could do it. Uh, I think that's quite a good way to give very clear instructions. Sometimes it's easier to follow that than it is to follow just some text on a screen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, especially in the first few weeks, it's all sort of lead by example. Um, so I would always advise um, if you're asking students to do like a video introduction or you're asking them to upload imagery, you do the same. So you actually do that as if you're a student and show them how it's done and how you've interpreted it um, and sort of lead by example. I think that's a good way. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I do also think that you know, learners need training as well. So you do, if you want learners to do something, you do need to train them how to do it. Um, and, and sometimes the training could just be as simple as creating a short video showing them how to do it step by step, or it could just be um, introducing it and, and showing them, you know, in a live session that you're teaching, you know, you could, you could just have a short segment where you share your screen and show them exactly what you want them to do and how to complete the activity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great. Okay, thanks, Carol. So we're going to now move on to talk about setting up your course page on your VLE. And uh, James, you had some thoughts about that, didn't you? Yeah, um, I think the uh, the first step is to think about um, a user journey and how they're going to work through the content uh, and how you're going to insert touch points within the content where you can have student-student interaction, you can have teacher-student interaction, and also the teacher to the whole class uh, interaction and vary the methods by which uh, you're doing assessments and um, getting these interactions going. So you could, you could add quizzes, you could use a team channel, uh, you can use the discussion forums within the VLE. Um, you could get them to do uh, a reflection piece. And then, of course, uh, peer assessment is really useful. Um, that could be a fun way of them interacting with uh, other students um, based around a piece of, uh, piece of uh, homework or an assignment. Um, it could be something like um, they could write an assignment about their favourite film. Um, that could be quite um, a fun peer assessment activity. 
Um, and I think for me, the key is to uh, to vary the delivery method of how you're uh, presenting content and how you're getting them to uh, embed the learning. Yeah, that's a really nice idea. And I think one good way to do that is maybe just to pick one thing each week or each topic, you know, choose one way of delivering and then the next week use a different one. And so that, you know, they get a bit of variety throughout. Um, and it also means that they that the topics might be more memorable because they're each delivered in a slightly different way. Yeah, so it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, one one day's worth of content um, it has to be loads of different things. You can, of course, yeah, uh, split it out um, and have a theme across across the day or the week um, for that. You know, both for asynchronous uh, material and the, and the synchronous learning. Um, I'd also say varying um, the sort of multimedia that you're using. Um, so we've talked a bit about video, um, but images can also be really powerful. Um, and it's also um, key for you know to teachers to understand that it's it's uh, they probably have this content available them to available to them already, so they don't have to create anything new. Um, and with images, you can just go online and you get some royalty free images. Um, and that can be both um, subject specific, um, but also they could be uh, sort of aesthetic and be an aesthetic improvement on, on the text content. Yeah, and I do think that we, you know, we respond a lot to visual things, don't we? Um, yeah. I think we respond to, you know, I, I think we're also used to seeing a lot of image based content on, on social media, on, on the internet. So I do think it's good to try to use more images um, in your teaching. And I think Coral wanted to add something about this. Yeah, it was, it was actually to your earlier point, we were talking about those, those first few weeks and the sort of touch points and the type of content. And I, it was really just a, a point to make about thinking about what topics you're covering in those first few weeks. Um, and by that, I mean, thinking about um, what's going to really engage students, what's going to kind of really hit the ground running, basically, as, as you start in those first couple of weeks. Um, I was in a sort of community of practice with business teachers um, a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about starting off with entrepreneurship, because it's kind of, the, it's a topic that really engages students and gets them interested and has lots of great examples and interesting things. So when you're planning those first few weeks and setting up your course site, um, thinking about where you place content and bringing in that content early um, can be really, really important to sort of engage students from the beginning. Yeah, definitely. I think high impact at the beginning is, is really important. Um, yeah. And, you know, in, in the kind of psychology of learning, there's, there's something that people talk about, which is primacy. Uh, and primacy just means that basically first impressions stick more. So, if you if you kind of front load the course with the most exciting or the most memorable the most emotionally engaging stuff then it's more likely to you know stick for students and they're more likely to be motivated to learn about the later content as well um so mm. going back to that i think with images um that's also a good way to make an impact isn't it like you can have um if you make a kind of visual impact it's also a good way to kind of bring people into the content yeah 
Definitely. And then there are loads of resources available online. So you could go to sites such as Pixabay, Unsplash uh, or Pexels, and they're all good. They're all, uh, they're all slightly different. Um, and I think it's just a case of going and trying them out and, and seeing where you can get these resources from. And when we're talking uh, about the sort of touch points within the content, um, I think another key point to make about that is the, the tooling. Um, the teachers may also you know, be familiar with it already. I mean, we've got um, VLE tools that are common. Uh, we've got uh, Microsoft Forms, uh, which is really easy to use and part of the Office 365 package a lot of teachers are already familiar with. Um, and we've got simple to use things like Kahoot. So it doesn't have to be uh, a case of, um, you know, learning a, new, a load of new set of uh, tooling. It could be things that you're already using in your teaching. And also just, yeah. yeah, and using those tools just to make it more interactive, right? Because I think the temptation is often just to put a lot of files on the VLE um, or yeah. you know, just, just to put loads of content or loads of PowerPoint presentations. But actually, I think it's just as simple as creating a little quiz to go with any kind of content you put there just allows yeah. you to then do some formative assessment and figure out how well students have actually understood it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that leads on quite nicely, actually, to um, the point of asynchronous tasks, because, you know, sort of how do we make our content interactive and how do we get students engaged, you know, um, you know, for sort of homework activities and things like that. Ellis, you had some ideas about that, right? Yes. So um, I think they've kind of been touched on by, by both James and Coral, but things like setting up collaborative documents, um, Word documents, uh, OneNote documents, class notebooks, that allows you as a staff member to create something that all of your students can interact with together or in set groups um, and definitely helps reduce some of those barriers. Um, Coral was saying about how some students aren't necessarily comfortable to have their video on. Sometimes it's a case that maybe they don't have the technology to have their video on or they don't have a microphone so they haven't got a, a way to access audio. So something like the collaborative documents provides an option um, whereby there isn't a, a, an overwhelming reliance on technology and the students can still interact together. Um, you can format those documents so that students can kind of free type into them or um, you can pop tables in so that they pop content next to their name, whatever works for you, but it, it allows you to see in real time what's going on. And also, like I say, if you were to break those down into groups, the students can see what each other are up to as well. And then you've also got things like um, quiz tools, um, Kahoot, Quizlet, multiple choice, uh, uh, quizzes within your VLE um, or, or Word documents again um, and that might be something nice to utilize again so there's not a heavy reliance on the technology for those who may be a bit more shy or don't want to share their audio or um, haven't got access to, to uh, audio or video recording software um, it facilitates them interacting with each other in a different way it can be self-paced um, you could have students setting up quizzes for each other on each other. Um, and then you've also got uh, mul different multimedia options available to you. So um, I think we can all agree that working from home has been a different kind of interaction for us with our computers. Very often all, all of our trainings delivered over that and it's no different for the students. We, we get tired staring at our computers. So maybe taking the work offline, write your notes, but then um, 
submit a photograph into your VLE of your handwritten notes. So you're, you're managing students and their time at the computer or their time um, interacting with digital content, which might help as well. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that there's, you know, there's lots of different ways we can use this, but use these different tools. But I, I particularly like the idea of creating, getting students to create quizzes, because often we just think that's the teacher's job. But actually, if you ask students to create the quizzes, then sometimes um, it can be a good way for them to think more carefully about uh, how well they understand the topic and also what what it means to be able to know the topic, what needs to be assessed. Um, so they can kind of, you know, be testing each other's knowledge. So I think that's a really nice um, idea for an asynchronous task. That's uh, pretty much all we have time for today. So um, thank you everybody for listening and uh, join us again next week on the Intutel podcast to hear about fostering an online community because that's what we're going to be talking about next time. All right. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.